An editorial note before this week's episode. An earlier version of this episode erroneously stated that the latest eruption of Mount Zal happened in the 1890s. Thanks to an astute reader, uh, I in fact uh, found that I had missed one, and the most recent eruption was in fact in April 1940. In this revised edition of this week's episode, the error has been corrected. This week on Friday Night History, at any cost. Ming Dynasty refugees, esoteric rituals, and the 1620s eruption of Mount Zowl. This episode of Friday Night History was recorded before a live Twitch audience at twitch.tv slash riversidewings. Subscribe to catch future recording sessions, gaming streams, and more. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet! This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. At any cost. So the story starts with the collapse of the Ming Dynasty. Fleeing the instability of the dynasty's final decades, and then the Manchu conquest, many Ming refugees fled to safety elsewhere in East Asia, including Japan. They are responsible for a range of things that are often considered quintessentially Japanese today. Ramen and early Judo are just two of them. Quite a few of the refugees were also hired by Japanese daimyo. As able scholars, bureaucrats, commanders, and the like, their expertise was unique and useful to these daimyo who were still setting up their domain administrations. Date Masamune was among those daimyo who hired or hosted Ming refugees, including a man named Wang Yi, Oyoku in Japanese. Before he came to Sendai, Wang Yi had been a general in service to the Ming and had even fought in the Injin War against Japan. While Wang Yi was a former military officer, he also had experience in Taoist ritual and divination. To an aspiring conqueror of Japan and admirer of Chinese culture and classics like Date Masamune, he would have been an attractive asset. Remember. As we learned in recent episodes, beyond his generally internationalist mentality that prompted his sending a delegation to Mexico and Europe, Masamune also named his capital after the name of the place in Journey to the West where the Monkey King steals the Peaches of Immortality. He also saw his capital as a successor to Luoyang, Rakuyo in Japanese, once a capital of the Eastern Han Dynasty in ancient China, and as a result, until the 20th century, a local euphemism for Sendai was Rakchu. Over the course of his tenure as Daimyo, Masamune also had quite a few visits by Chinese travelers in Japan. During my PhD research, I found a couple of references to those visits in Datechike Kiroku, a record of the Date clan's governance the orthodox Date history, where one particularly memorable occasion was in the summer of 1589, where the visitors brought, quote, fireworks of Chinese manufacture, unquote, with them. So it really isn't too surprising to me that Wang Yi had come to Sendai. But apart from building a new domain in this period, Masamune had also to contend with Mount Zao. 
Mount Zaol is a cluster of volcanoes about 1,841 meters at their highest point in southwestern Miyagi Prefecture along the border with Yamagata Prefecture. They're part of the Oshu Mountain Range. In the 1620s, Mount Zaol was very active. In the spring of 1623, a particularly large eruption began depositing volcanic ash across Kata and Shibata counties. The eruptions and tremors continued through 1624 unabated, and the erupting volcano was visible even from Sendai, about 25 miles 40 kilometers away as the crow flies. It was generally an intimidating sight to be sure, but it was also a danger to the population and a, th a threat to the agricultural base from which the domain, and indeed any domain in the Edo period, derived the base of its income from, which it did things like pay retainers their stipends. With such a very long period of eruption, Masamune sought to secure supernatural means to quell the threat from Mount Zaol. He ordered Wang Yi to go perform rituals at the mountain to get the eruption to stop. Together with Wang Yi, Masamune's seventh son, Munetaka, also went as a representative of his father. Munetaka was 17 at the time, but was already master of his own 30,000 koku land holding within Sendai Domain, residing at Murata Castle in what's now southwestern Miyagi, in the shadow of Mount Zawa. It was the people of his lands that were the most directly impacted by the eruption. On November 15, 1624, fifth of the tenth month, Kang A1. Munetaka and Wang Yi went to the peak of Mount Zao at Katamine Shrine, amidst continuing eruption and loud tremors. There, Wang Yi conducted a ritual to beseech the spirit of the mountain to please, please stop. In return, he and Munetaka pledged their lives to the mountain. And not very long after that... Mount Zao's eruptions and tremors stopped. The relief to everyone in the region, in Date lands as well as in the neighboring domains, must have been palpable. But the story doesn't end there. Date Munetaka accompanied his father and brother to Kyoto two years later. He had a promising career ahead, and in Kyoto, the imperial court bestowed him with junior fifth court rank and the title of Uemon Dayu. But while he was still in Kyoto, Munetaka fell ill with smallpox, uh, which was epidemic at the time. By the Western calendar, he died on October 7, 1626, at age 19, just shy of 20. Folklorist Mihara Ryokichi, who you've heard me quote many times before on this podcast, puts it like this, translation mine. Quote, Munetaka stayed at Yohoji, a Hokke sect temple, while he was in Kyoto. On the 10th of the 7th month, he received the titles of Junior 5th Rank Lower Grade and Uemon Dayu during an audience at Nijo Castle. But these felicitations were short-lived because, sadly, on the 8th of the 17th month, he died of smallpox. Dying at 20, it was an end that was in accordance with the plea he made to Mount Zao. I don't know the specifics of what kind of ritual that Wang Yi performed, but reading Mihara's words, 
I can't help but wonder how Wang Yi himself died. As is well known, Munetaka's father himself had survived smallpox as a child. One of the most visible marks of it was uh, his, uh, his missing right eye. So I have to imagine that the loss of his son was especially devastating for Masamune, who wasn't able to leave Kyoto until two months later, owing to obligations to the court and to the shogun. Despite this, retired second shogun Tokugawa Hidetada came to offer personal condolences, as did many others to Masamune's estate in Kyoto. It was during this time that Masamune received his highest court rank, Chiyunagon, or Middle Counselor. But the honor must have rung especially hollow coming in the midst of the loss of a son. When at last he could leave, Masamune wrote the following poem to the Imperial Prime Minister. Kyo idete asu yori no chiwa sode no tsuyu hosu koto araji akasu wakare ni. I set out today, and from some tomorrow on, I shall not dry the dew on my sleeves to make plain my parting. Dew on sleeves, sode no tsuyu, is a well-established poetic allusion to weeping. I think we can get a sense of just how deeply his son's loss had shaken the man. By the time Masamune returned to Sendai, Munetaka was already buried. Junshi, following one's lord in death, was forbidden at the time, and Masamune made a personal request of one of his own vassals, Takeyama Shuri, to stop any of Munetaka's retainers who may have wanted to do so. But this was in vain, and ten of Munetaka's retainers did indeed follow their master in death. Munetaka's wet nurse, Lady Oacha, was first among them, and is still the only woman during the history of Sendai Domain to have committed Junshi. Also following Munetaka in death were his chief counselor, Fukuchi Ukon, as well as Akasaka Hyobu, Takahashi Seizaburo, Aburai Gorosuke, Higa Juzo. Arimi Kampe, Kayano Gonshichi, Sato Gonshiro, Sai Tango, who had all been on duties that kept them especially close to him. Munetaka and his ten retainers who committed Junshi rest in Ryutoin, a temple that still stands in the town of Murata, Miyagi Prefecture. And up on Katamine Shrine on Mount Zao, which hasn't erupted since 16 April 1940, there remains a small memorial mound called Uemonzuka, where Munetaka and Wang Yi made their pact with the mountain. There are several generations of monuments to Munetaka around here, built in the style of Japanese Buddhist gravestones. Currently standing the tallest is one that dates to Showa 42, 1967, and is a black stone monument bearing the original Date crest three vertical bands in a circle that carries the inscription Date Munetaka Ko Myogan no Seki, written in the calligraphic hand of Takahashi Shintaro, who was then governor of Miyagi Prefecture. It's a little hard to translate Myogan succinctly, but the inscription means 
Site of where Lord Date Munetaka made his life offering plea. Even all these years later, the people of what used to be the Date lands remember him and the bargain he made with the mountain. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history guy, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixbay.com music. This and more is made possible by, by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up today at patreon.com riversidewings, and subscribe at twitch.tv riversidewings. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Kotodai Park, the story of one Sendai neighborhood and its importance to the history of Japanese education. Also coming soon to Friday Night History, a miniseries called Paradigm Shift. Join me as I welcome an old friend turned historian colleague to the podcast as we talk about historiography, teaching, puns, and the things we as historians want the world to know. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around. <laughs>